Hello, this is Tonumoy. This podcast is about black holes by Stephen Hawking. This is based on the BBC Wright lectures by Professor Hawking himself. There is also a book by the same title. Honestly, it's hard to comprehend the lectures in digitized computer voices. Hence this podcast. There is also a book, but who time who has time to read books anyway these days? Also, before I begin, this is my first attempt at a lifelong desire to have a podcast. So, please excuse any mistakes, mispronunciations, and most importantly, background noises. Also, I'll be dividing the podcast into small small fragments so it's easier for you as a listener to pay attention to and I for a fact know that people of my age group can't keep attention to something for more than 15 minutes longer so i'll divide this podcast into two to three parts the first part would be called do black holes have no hair yes i mean that's the first lecture of stephen hawking's and that was the exact title do black holes have no hair it might sound ridiculous but don't worry it would all make sense the part two is black holes ain't as black as they are painted again ridiculous title but it all makes sense so enough of the rambling let's get started part 1 do black holes have no hair it is said that fact is sometimes stranger than fiction and nowhere is that more true than in the case of black holes black holes are stranger than anything dreamed up by science fiction writers but they are firmly matters of science fact The scientific community was slow to realize that massive stars could collapse in on themselves under their own gravity and to consider how the subjects left behind would behave. Albert Einstein even wrote a paper in 1939 claiming that stars could not collapse under gravity because matter could not be compressed beyond a certain point. Many scientists shared Einstein's gut feeling. The principal exception was the american scientist john wheeler who in many ways is the hero of the black hole story in his work in the 1950s and in the 1960s he emphasized that many stars would eventually collapse and pointed out the problems that possibility posed for theoretical physics he also foresaw many of the properties of the objects which collapsed star become that is what we call a black hole The phrase black hole is simple enough but it's hard to imagine one out there in space think of a giant drain with water spiraling down into it once anything slips over the edge what is called the event horizon for a black hole there is no way back because black holes are so powerful even light gets sucked into it and so we can't actually see them but scientists know that they exist because they rip apart stars that get too close to them and because they send space tremors it was a collision between two black holes more than a billion years ago that triggered what were called gravitational waves the recent detection of which was a hugely significant scientific achievement during most of the life of a normal star over many billions of years it will support itself against its own gravity by thermal pressure caused by nuclear processes which convert hydrogen into helium nasa describes stars as rather like pressure cookers 
the explosive forces of nuclear fusion inside them creates outward pressure which is constrained by gravity pulling everything inwards. Eventually, however, the stars will exhaust its nuclear fuel. The stars will now contract. In some cases, it will be able to support itself as a white dwarf star. However, Subramaniam Chandrasekhar showed in 1930 that the maximum mass of a white dwarf star is about 1.4 times that of the Sun. A similar mass was calculated by Soviet physicist Lev Landau for a star made entirely of neutrons. White dwarf and neutron stars were once suns and have since burned up their fuel. With no force working to inflate them, nothing can stop their gravitational pull from shrinking them and they have become some of the densest objects in the universe. But in the league table of stars, these are relatively small, which means they lack the gravitational strength to collapse completely. So most interesting to Stephen Hawking and the others is what happens to the very last stars when they reach their end of their lives. What then would be the fate of those countless stars with greater mass than a white dwarf or a neutron star when they had exhausted their nuclear fuel? The problem was investigated by Robert Oppenheimer of the later atom bomb fame. In a couple of papers in 1939 with George Volkov and Hartland Snyder, he showed that such a star could not be supported by outward pressure and that if you take pressure out of the calculation, a uniform, spherical, systematic, symmetric star would contract to a single point of infinite density. Such a point is called a singularity. A singularity is what you end up with when a giant star is compressed to an unimaginably small point. This concept has been the defining theme in Stephen Hawking's career. It refers not only to the end of a star, but also to a far more fundamental idea about the starting point for the formation of the entire universe. It was Hawking's mathematical work on this that earned him global recognition. All our theories of space are formulated on the assumption that space-time is smooth and nearly flat. So they break down at the singularity where the curvature of space-time is infinite. In fact, the singularity marks the end of time itself. This is what Einstein found so objectionable. Einstein's theory of general relativity says that objects distort the space-time around them. Picture a bowling ball lying on a trampoline, changing the shape of the material and causing smaller objects to slide towards it. This is the effect of gravity explained. But if the curves in space-time become deeper and deeper and eventually infinite, the usual rules of space and time cease to apply. Then the Second World War intervened. Most scientists, including Robert Oppenheimer, switched their attention to nuclear physics, and the issue of gravitational collapse was largely forgotten. Interest in the subject revived with the discovery of a distant object called quasars. Quasars are the brightest objects in the universe, and possibly the most distant detected so far. The name is short for quasi-stellar radio sources, and they are believed to be disks of matter swirling around black holes. 
The first quasar C3C273 was discovered in 1963. Many other quasars were soon discovered. They were bright be, despite being very distant. Nuclear processes could not account for their energy output because they release only a tiny amount of their rest mass as pure energy. The only alternative was gravitational energy released by gravitational collapse. Thus gravitational collapse of stars were rediscovered. It was already clear that a uniform spherical star would contract to a point of infinite density a singularity that is the einstein equations don't work at singularity this means that at this point of infinite density one can't predict the future which in turn implies that something strange could happen whenever a star collapsed we wouldn't be affected by the breakdown of prediction if the singularities were naked that is if they were not shielded from the outside by naked singularity i mean it's a theoretical scenario in which a star collapses but an event horizon does not form around it so the singularity would be visible when john wheeler introduced the term black hole in 1967 it replaced the earlier name frozen star wheeler's coinage emphasized that the remnants of a collapsed star are of interest in their own right independently of how they were found the new name caught on quickly it suggested something dark and mysterious but the french being french saw a more rescue meaning for years they resisted the name tronor claiming it was obscene but that was a bit like trying to stand against la weekend uh, an adult movie and other franglais franglais meaning a combination of french and english that the french looked down upon in the end they had to give in who can resist a name that is such a winner from the outside you can't tell what is inside a black hole you can throw a television set diamond rings and even your worst enemies into a black hole and all the black hole will remember is the total mass the state of rotation and the electric charge john wheeler is known for expressing this principle as a black hole has no hair to the french this just confirm their suspicion a black hole has a boundary called the event horizon this is where gravity is just strong enough to drag light back and prevent it from escaping because nothing can travel faster than light everything else will get dragged back also falling through the event horizon is a bit like going over the niagara falls in a canoe if you are above the falls you get away if you paddle fast enough but once you are over the edge you are lost there is no way back as you get nearer the falls the current gets faster this means it pulls you harder on the front of the canoe than at the back there's a danger that the canoe would be pulled apart it's the same with black holes if you fall towards a black hole feet first gravity will pull harder on your feet than your head because they are never near the black hole the result is you will be stretched out long ways and squashed in sideways if the black hole has a mass of few times our sun's you'll be torn apart and made into spaghetti before you reach the horizon 
However, if you fall towards a much larger black hole with a mass of difficulty. So if you want to explore the inside of a black hole, make sure you choose a big one. There is a black hole with a mass of about 5 million times that of the sun at the center of a Milky Way galaxy. Scientists believe that there are huge black holes at the center of virtually all galaxies. A remarkable thought given how recently these features were confirmed in the first place. Although you wouldn't notice anything particular as you fall into a black hole, someone watching you from a distance would never see you cross the event horizon. Instead, you would appear to slow down and hover just around the outside. Your image would get dimmer, dimmer and dimmer and redder and redder until you were effectively lost from sight. As far as the outside world is concerned, you would be lost forever. With no light escaping the black hole, there is no way that anyone watching from a distance could actually witness your descent. In space, no one can hear you scream. And in a black hole, no one can see you disappear. A dramatic advance in our understanding of these mysterious phenomena came with the mathematical discovery in about 1970. This was that the first surface area of the event horizon, the boundary zone around the black hole, has the property that it always increases when additional matter or radiation falls into the black hole. This property suggests that there is a resemblance between the area of the event horizon of a black hole and conventional Newtonian physics. Specifically, the concept of entropy in thermodynamics. Entropy can be regarded as a measure of the disorder of a system or equivalently as a lack of knowledge of its precise state. The famous second law of thermodynamics states that entropy always increases with time. The 1970 discovery was the first hint of the crucial connection. Entropy means the tendency for anything that has ordered to become more disordered as time passes. So for example, bricks neatly stacked to form a wall will eventually end up in an untidy heap of dust, which is high entropy. And this process is described by the second law of thermodynamics. Although the existence of a connection between entropy and the area of the event horizon was clear, it was not obvious to us how the area could be identified as the entropy of a black hole itself. What would be meant by the entropy of a black hole? The crucial suggestion was made in 1972 by Jacob Binkenstein, a graduate student at Princeton University, who later worked at the Hebde University in Jerusalem. It goes like this, and a black hole is created by gravitational collapse, it rapidly settles down to a stationary state, which is characterized by only three parameters, the mass, the angular momentum, which is basically a state of rotation, and the electric charge. Apart from these three properties, the black hole preserves no other detail of the object that has collapsed. This theorem has implication for information in the cosmologist's sense of information. The idea that every particle and every force in the universe has an implicit answer to a yes-no question. 
information in this context means all the details of every particle and every force associated with an object. The more disordered something is, the higher its entropy. The more information is needed to describe it. As the physicist and broadcaster Jim Al-Khalili puts it, a well-shuffled pack of cards has higher entropy than an unshuffled one and therefore its description requires far more explanation or information. Benkenstein's theorem implies that a large amount of information is lost in a gravitational collapse. For example, the final black hole state is the independent of whether the body that collapsed was composed of matter or antimatter or whether it was spherical or highly irregular in shape. In other words, a black hole of a given mass, angular momentum and electric charge could have been formed by the collapse of any one of the large number of different configurations of matter, including any one of a large number of different type of stars. Indeed, if quantum effects are left aside, the number of potential configurations would be infinite since the black hole could have been formed by the collapse of a cloud of an indefinitely large number of particles of indefinitely low mass. But could the number of configurations really be infinite? This is where quantum effects come in. The uncertainty principle of quantum mechanics implies that only particles with a wavelength smaller than that of the black hole itself could form a black hole. That means the range of a potential wavelength would be limited. I mean it could be, could not be infinite. The uncertainty principle which is basically a famous principle which was convinced, conceived by the German physicist Werner Heisenberg in the 1920s state that we can never locate or predict the precise location of the smallest particles. So at what is called the quantum scale, there is a fuzziness in nature, very unlikely the precisely ordered universe described by Isaac Newton. It therefore appears that the number of configurations that could form a black hole of a given mass, angular momentum and electric charge, although very large, may also be infinite. Jacob Bekenstein suggested that from this finite number, one could derive the entropy of a black hole. This would be a measure of the amount of information that was irrevocably lost during the collapse when the black hole was created. The apparently flatile flaw in Bekenstein's suggestion was that if a black hole has a finite entropy that is proportional to the area of its event horizon, it also ought to have a finite temperature which would be proportional to its surface gravity. This would imply that a black hole could be in equilibrium with respect to thermal radiation at some temperature other than zero. Yet according to classical concepts, no such equilibrium is possible, since the black hole would absorb any thermal radiation that fell on it, but by definition would not be able to emit anything in return. It cannot emit anything it cannot emit heat. If information is lost, which is apparently what is happening in a black hole, there should be some release of energy, but that flies in the face of the theory that nothing comes out of a black hole. This is a paradox and it is one to which I am going to return to in the next lecture that Professor Hawkins provides.
when i'll be exploring how black holes challenge the most basic principle about the predictability of the universe and the certainty of history and asking what would happen if you ever get sucked into a one so stephen hawking has basically taken us into a scientific journey from einstein's claim that stars could not collapse through the acceptance of the reality of black holes to a collision of theories over how these weird features exist and function